Happy Easter 2021. How's it going? <clears throat> so why not have an Easter sermon in some capacity, right? We have the ability to do it, even though it's still COVID times, but this will be an audacious one. This will be um, a little, not scandalous necessarily. I love that word scandal, but I, I love the idea of poking some things that we're afraid to sometimes talk about. So let's talk about hell, the heroine of hell. So my name is John. I was trained as a pastor and theologian, and I think I'm somewhere between the two. I think I'm a pastoral theologian, and I enjoy trying to do that. Be pastoral while also being theological. So happy Easter. Did you know that in the Bible, there's actually a variety, a small menu of words by which we talk about hell. Now, hell as a word in the English language, it has not as old of roots as we think. I've read some things that say maybe the word came about in the 700s, 800s, and then it kind of developed into kind of what we know it is now. However, in the Bible, there are references not just to hell, but to Hades. You probably heard that one. To Sheol, to Gehenna, and even Tartarus, which you probably haven't heard about that one, have you? Well, let's break them down, okay? In the New Testament, we have the words such as Hades and Gehenna and Tartarus. Okay. Hades. Hades was the Greek god who was in charge of death. He was the god of death and was in charge of the place of the underworld where people went after they died. So Hades has its roots in Greek culture. At least that vocabulary does. Gehenna, though. Gehenna or Ge Gehennahim. No, wait, how do you? Gehennam. Anyways, in Hebrew, that would be a reference towards the trash pile that was outside of the city of Jerusalem, where they would burn away the waste and the unnecessary things and the things that they didn't want. So Gehenna, when Jesus talks about it, he's probably literally pointing at the trash pile where they got rid of what was unwanted, what was impure. It was the trash, the garbage heap. All right. Now, Tartarus was a little different. Tartarus, we have this one, I think there's just one reference in the New Testament where it talks about the angels that disobeyed God will be held in Tartarus. Well, Tartarus was understood in, in Greek religion to be one of the subsets within Hades, where Hades or the gods would put some of their other gods in prison. So it wasn't necessarily for people. Tartarus was maybe kept for spiritual beings other. Now, Sheol happens quite a bit. It's, you might have seen this sometimes in the Hebrew scriptures where it says the word pit. Often the word pit is translated from Sheol, sometimes abyss. And Sheol is another one of those words. Sheol, though, was more than just a pit. It was kind of seen like Hades. It was kind of understood as this is the waiting place for the dead. As they are here and they wait for the resurrection to happen, then Sheol will have done its job in some sense. Well, 
you throw in the midst of all of these words. So we have hell, Gehenna, Hades, Sheol, and Tartarus. And then you throw in the midst of all of this, Augustine and his Latin understanding. But then also you throw on top of that Dante Alighieri, who kind of took Dante and, I mean, Dante who took Augustine and went even further, but in poetic language. You throw all those things together, and it's no wonder that we want to avoid this topic of hell. Correct? Okay, let's slow down, though. Because the way you understand hell, it will influence the way you talk about Jesus. And for a lot of people, the starting point for a lot of conversations is hell rather than Jesus. So let's do the audacious thing and talk about Jesus and hell. All right. Now, we are in the midst of Easter. Good Friday just happened, but then so did Holy Saturday and now Easter. Well, Holy Saturday is understood as the day where in the Apostles' Creed we say that Jesus descended into hell. And when we say descended, we, all, we are also inferring this other topic, this other idea called the harrowing of hell. Have you ever heard of that? You see, I think we avoid talking about it because we don't know what to do with all these words for hell. Well, my goodness, harrowing is such a brilliant understanding. And it's this idea that actually comes to us from farming. When you're out in the middle of the country and you happen to see a tractor that's pulling this large but wide rake behind it. And it's got these gigantic claws and maybe tills that, that dice up the ground. Well, that's understood as a harrow and a harrow actually levels out the ground. A harrow is meant to come over the farming land and till it up to just like turn it over. And so I looked up the word harrow in on dictionary.com. Yeah, I did that. And it says this. Harrow. It is an agricultural implement with spike-like teeth and upright discs drawn chiefly over plowed land to level it, to break up clods and to root up weeds. As a verb though, it means to draw a harrow over land. That's pretty good. To to disturb keenly or painfully to distress the mind or feelings. But I think that's the word that I think of most there is to disturb, to tear it apart. And then three, to become broken up by harrowing. This field has been harrowed. Well, on Holy Saturday, the descent into hell has a lot of things attached to it. There are passages that say that Jesus went down there to preach to the people down there. It says that he went and set those that were bound free. But all of this comes together with this idea that Jesus has harrowed hell, Hades, Gehenna, Tartarus, Sheol, just leveled it. And there's this very peculiar passage in Matthew 16 where Jesus is talking with Peter 
And Peter says, you are the Christ. And he says, well done. You are this rock upon which I will build my church. And then the next line is, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And it's so profound because the rusty gates of hell can't hold any defense here. And so I, I kind of pictured the rusty gates of hell just being knocked down and just kicked in like Arnold Schwarzenegger kicking in a door. And so this whole idea of hell, it's terrifying because the thought of what happens after death is obviously very intimidating. However, the good news takes on a different element when we take it in the sense of Jesus did what was necessary to level hell, to break the powers of hell and sin and death, to pay our slave debt for us. So much of this. And there's something going on here because now follow with me. And if you think about Kohlberg, Kohlberg was a, a psychologist who often talked about morality and how we all have different stages of morality that go through. And very early on, we do good out of fear of being punished. <laughs> Soren Kierkegaard picks this up again in his own book called uh, Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. Doing good in order to avoid punishment is a motivation for doing good. But the highest motivation for doing good is actually this out of love and gratitude and actual appreciation just for doing the good. I actually think some of us have avoided talking about hell and that hell has been defeated, overcome, harrowed, leveled because we don't know what to do about having people act good if we don't have hell as a constant terrifying prospect for them. And so I think for some reason, we actually maybe keep conversations of hell at a distance rather than saying, listen, Christ has overcome hell and sin and death and leveled and harrowed hell and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So let us out of gratitude and love for the savior, as well as love for the good itself. May we live good and upright lives out of sincere gratitude because the savior has done what is necessary. Now I chose to do this on Easter because I think Easter is the appropriate time to talk about this. Easter is the holiday by which we remember the victory and the idea that Jesus has done what is necessary to reach down, to rescue, and to pull humanity up out of the grave, out of Hades, out of whatever imprisons us, that's some good news. And I'll be honest, I've been like rolling this over my head for maybe two months now. And it's just a powerful thing because it even has kind of lightened my own sense of life. It has helped me to maybe see things a little bit more beautifully. 
And it's just wonderful. So this is also the first real episode of rebranding my podcast from ambushed to begin again. And I was thinking, what should be the first one? And I love the idea that it should be on Easter. But I also love the idea that it's okay to begin again, to rethink and always be willing to rethink how we think about hell, how we think about gospel, how we think about Jesus, because it is supposed to be good news. And so why would we ever shirk away from talking about the good news in a good and powerful way? right? So let's close with a benediction, shall we? May we live lives of goodness and love out of gratitude for what the Christ has done, but then also out of sincere love for the good for the other, which is loving your neighbor. And may we follow in the footsteps of the soter, that's the Greek word for savior. May we follow in his footsteps and help to level out the hells that each of us are living through. May we each follow in the footsteps of the Nazarene and kick in the rusty gates that are keeping each of us imprisoned in this life here now, all the small ways that we are living when we could be living large and free and beautiful lives. So may we follow in the footsteps man of the suffering servant so that's all for today happy easter may you settle into this reality that hades has been leveled and now there's nothing left to do but live lives of love and gratitude May grace and peace be with you. We will see you again. Happy Easter.